Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 11. Today I'm joined by Elaine Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer Kate Tempest Bradford. In episode 11, Last Resorts, Jem and the Holograms take a much-needed vacation to the Colorado mountains. There, they meet Rick Franklin, owner of a ski resort. The girls find out that Rick's resort is being threatened by a rival ski resort owned by none other than Eric Raymond. To settle the dispute over which resort controls the mountain, Jem and the Holograms challenge the misfits to a ski race. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. All right, episode 11. So, are either of you recovered from episode 10's debacle? I think I'm going to be okay, maybe. Uh, it was pretty bad. I don't I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still feeling it. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of waiting at the beginning of the episode. I was like, okay, like this episode. Okay, you know, when it, when is the cultural appropriation and when are the bad bad accents going to kick in and it didn't take long (laughs) talk about bad accents let me tell you episode 11 last resorts oh boy look you need to leave swenson swanson swanson dinners alone (laughs) leave swanson dinners alone okay i love him and his terrible accent (laughs) because okay i mean you if there's a if there's something happening around skiing, there's a guy named Sven. There just is. <laughs> That's just like I feel like it's a rule from the eighties. It's kind yeah, of like so. if there are Russian people, they're either uh, ballet dancers or chess champions. Okay, and if there's or skiing, mobsters or mobsters, but like mostly, I mean, but they're usually chess playing mobsters, right? Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, it's like. I, if you have something about some skiing happening, there has to be some guy named Sven. Well, to be fair, it is one of the most common Swedish names. So the likelihood of you encountering somebody from Sweden with a name like that apparently is quite high. <laughs> I mean, but, and this is total coincidence, but just last night I was watching the ski resort episode of Murder, She Wrote, and there was a guy named Sven. Uh. Sven Torvald. Well, let's just jump right in. So uh, with this episode, we open with Jem and the Holograms driving on a snow-covered mountain road as they head to a Colorado ski resort for a vacation. Colorado represents. And Kimber mentions, I want to concentrate on some young, handsome ski bum. Look, Kimber has her priorities in order, okay? (laughs) I've never heard this term, ski bum, before. I'm not sure if that's a compliment. It's a, yeah, it's a thing about, I think it's supposed to be like people who essentially live at ski resorts um, and just like ski all the time and schmooze with ladies. They're like, hi, I can teach you how to ski. <laughs> and they become song fodder later on. But when the band arrives at the lodge, they interrupt a heated argument between Rick Franklin, the resort owner, and the bank. It turns out that Rick is behind in his mortgage payments. If he doesn't pay it by the end of the week, he loses everything he's worked for. A lot of the resort's loyal customers have not been returning. No thanks in part to the frequent and suspicious breakdowns. There's also a new competitive resort who's stealing Rick's customers just further down the mountain. 
And Aja mentions, we're on top of the world. Isn't the peace and quiet great? After signing in, Aja takes in the fresh air and looks forward to the band's vacation. But her enthusiasm is cut short when a snowball collides with her head. Pizzazz and the rest of the misfits pull up in skidoos. Pizzazz mentions, uh, well, look who's here. Little Miss Pink Hair and the sing-along. That's a great time. That's a great time. Isn't it the sing-alongs? So, so let's, let's just back up a little bit and talk about how, like, this guy is on the phone with the bank and, and hangs up. And Jim's like, it sounds like you're being extorted. And he's like, I am. They want me to pay my mortgage. And I'm like, <laughs> like did you, sir, <laughs> did you not know how this happened? Like, I don't understand. I feel like there could there could have been, like, an and at the end of that sentence. Like, you know, he's saying he's, you know, it sounds like, Jem says, it sounds like you're being extorted. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I have, I have to pay my mortgage. I would have been like, and right. the problem is? Extortion right. comes in. Well, look, as we all know, all banks are extortion okay. rackets. I think that that is the, the life lesson of this episode, <laughs> is that banks are just extortion rackets, and you should run away from them, kids. I feel like there are a lot of life lessons like this in Gem and the Holograms, where basically the idea is like, you, you know, we have all these really high-level ideas. Don't call the popo. I've said this before. Like, just don't call the police. They're not helpful. Solve all your problems yourself. And banks are extortion rackets. And you should, you know, if he built a place with his two hands, I don't understand how he has a mortgage anyway, but whatever. I know we've talked about this before in a previous episode, but I think this episode is a record for introducing a music video practically right at the beginning. Yeah, and it's a Misfits music video. It is indeed. It is. You gotta be fast. What did the two of you think of the song and the video? I love the song. I love it so much because you do got to be fast, number one. And also, it's just like it's a really good song. It's like, once again, we have like it's up there in the top, like maybe 10 uh, Misfit songs of all time. I, I really like this one. I'd like to seriously see you rank those songs someday. I might do that. I might just yeah. go through and be like, all right, top 10 Misfit songs. Let's do this. And what about the video? Any uh, Anything stand out at all? I mean, it seems, it seems pretty generic. I mean, maybe not generic. Uh, that probably isn't the the most accurate term, but it's not spectacular. Did the snowman guy at the end die? No, he was the one who was like, you owe me some poles or some skis. He was one of the people <laughs> who was like complaining. Okay. You owe me some for my broken equipment. Uh, so nobody died. But I do find it, so what's weird about this video is that once again, the misfits are running around doing really terrible things like to people and they could get them killed. And everybody, for some reason, is super mad at, like, the dude who owns the resort over this. But, like, but he didn't hire them to come and destroy you. But it doesn't even sound like they've put it together that that it's actually, like, someone sabotaging. It's just, like, it's kind of weird, but all these deadly or potentially deadly accidents keep happening, and I can't figure out why. Like... You know, it was kind of like that. It wasn't like someone keeps doing crap to me and and like it's it's really doing harm. It's like, yeah. well, these accidents keep happening. Who knows? Yeah. 
But the, and you know, I, I don't know how anybody can understand the sabotage involved with the misfits are running around in the mountain, like literally <laughs> running people down. And then when they trap Jem and starts to, you know, pelt her to death with snowballs, I'm just like, why is any of this okay? It's not. Yeah. But then Jem is saved. Jem is saved by <laughs> Spenson. Isn't that what always happens? It's what always- I mean, they're always they're always saved by dudes. Well, yeah, they are. But at least he's like he's supposed to be like generically handsome dude. I mean, his name is Spenson. He skis and he's blonde. I feel like that's those are the keys to success right there. That's a good point. Well, let's move on. Uh, so the holograms chase after the misfits on ski as they attempt to quell any mischief they will attempt to create. Along the way, Clash stealthily awaits on a snowy tree until Shayna passes by just at the right moment. Clash kicks a giant pile of snow onto Shayna. Next up, Roxy and Stormer set a trap for Aja and Kimber and yank a cord that causes them to trip. Last but not least, Pizzazz waits patiently to ambush Jem and proceeds to rapidly pelt her with snowballs. Ooh, snowballs. That'll teach her. Indeed, they, they do hurt, especially if they're, they kind of turn to ice. Uh-huh. Pack, pack I used to tight do that. And, tight enough. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. With your warm hands so it, so it freezes over a little. Yep. Mm-hmm. All is not lost, though, when Svensson, the resort's very best ski instructor, comes to the <laughs> rescue. Ah, 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 he's the very best. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't take long for Rio to show up where he catches Svensson and Jem together and immediately has a fit of jealousy. Can I just take a moment and just say how hilarious Svensson's accent is? Yes, Svensson's <laughs> accent is awesome. It's awesome. Did either of you uh, consider or believe even that it was an actual Swedish person? doing that voice or to me it seemed more like an american actor just trying to do a swedish accent okay go ahead i'm Svensson. <laughs> no no i want to hear this i want to hear so, this so what what always impresses me alex is how you're like looking for some sort of authenticity in these <laughs> like you get really upset when you're like that person's clearly not from texas <laughs> so no now this person's clearly not from Sweden. I don't think that they would have hired anybody from Sweden to come just do the voice for Svensson, the very best ski instructor at this place. Are you telling me that there's not one <laughs> Swedish actor living in Los Angeles in 1986 that could have come to the rescue and done that voice? According to the research that I've done by watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote, no. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll let it slide. Oh, I mean, the, the one thing I can say about his accent is like, it's definitely the stereotypical like Swedish person accent that we get in American television, especially in the 80s. Well, let's just talk a little bit about the dialogue in this particular scene here, because Svensson says in, in clearly hilarious broken English, I am very best instructor. And Rio <laughs> comes up and he's like, I'll bet you are. I brought the equipment. You can practice now if you got the time. I hate Rio so much. Isn't he the worst? And you know what? Jem makes a very good point. She says, Rio, what are you getting upset about? He was just helping me out. Anyway, I thought it was Jerrica that you cared about. Ooh. Stab. So, like, first of all, Jerrica is a mean person for saying that. Like, that part of that sentence was some bullpucky. Like, I thought it was Jerrica you cared about. Shut up. You are Jerrica and you know it. But... Other than that, like what she said before, she's like, he was just helping me out. No, she has a point. Like, Rio is kind of ridiculous. For a dude who has two girlfriends, he gets jealous at the drop of a freaking hat. 
anytime anybody pays attention to one of his two girlfriends. But then when one of his two girlfriends is like mad that he's paying more attention to one or the other two of the two girlfriends, he's like, well, I just don't understand what's your problem. You're such a baby. Like, ah, oh, really? That was the worst. He's worse than Synergy in the last episode. <laughs> Once again, why don't you tell us what you really think? Oh. Can I just say, I, I totally lost my shit when uh, Svensson says, No, Leo, you can't have two girlfriends and me with none. <laughs> I love I, I love your Svensson accent. <laughs> I'm hurt today. <laughs> and of course, Kimber is totally falling over head. You know, I've said this before, but Kimber falls head over heels for any guy that comes along. And she says, and I quote, what a hunk. If you don't want Svensson, I'll take him. And that's okay, because you know what? Kimber should get her son. It's not fair that people are always running around after that pink-haired lady that she's related to. No, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. But it, it is funny, because, yes, like, Kimber is always willing to be like, yeah, let's, like, let's spend time with that guy. But very often, like, there's all this gem drama between Rio and whatever. And I really think that like if Kimber had just sat everybody down and she was like, you know what, Rio, I'm going to be your third girlfriend. I'm going to manage all of this. And we're just going to do this. Like so many problems would have been solved, but then there couldn't have been, you know, silly drama. So I guess we wouldn't have had a show. Yeah. Or if, you know, Jerrica had communicated with her, you know, I don't know, boyfriend or whatever he is. Well, there's no communication between the two of them. Yeah. There really, really isn't. So I'm curious, Tempest, how, how has your opinion of Rio changed since you're like doing this podcast and like analyzing his character over like, like, did you just kind of accept him before? I'm like, oh, like, that's just Rio. And now you're like, oh, my God, he's the worst person ever. Or has that changed? Well, actually, I, I have now I now have so many bad feelings about Rio. And I'm not entirely sure why I suddenly have bad feelings about Rio because I, I, you know, do sort of remember all these things that I've watched this many times, both as a kid and as an adult. And I feel like before my opinions on Rio were just sort of like, well, that's Rio and he's a boyfriend. And it's really sad that he doesn't know that she's Jem. And sometimes he's unreasonable. And I, like, I remember like a lot of people talk about like the whole kicking, kicking the pot, potted plant. Thing that happens, I think this happens in a, in a few episodes. I can't remember exactly which one, but people always point to that. They're like, "Wow, what's up with Rio?" And I've always been like, "Yeah, that was like a weird moment for Rio, where he just like kicked the potted plant." But now I'm starting to realize, as we are going through these episodes, that Rio is just horrible. Like, he's just a really bad boyfriend. He's a really bad friend. And and yes, Jerrica is to blame for like a lot of the issues between them. Like just the whole thing where she decided as Gem to like try to romance Rio for reasons unknown. Um, and also just to not tell Rio that she is Jem again for reasons that are unknown. And so like Jerrica, you know, she serves some blame as to like some of the crappy stuff that goes on between the two of them. But Rio just is just an unreasonable person so much of the time. Like just in that episode where they were doing the world hunger shindig, where he was just mopey for an entire episode for no good Oh, reason. that was terrible. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Right. And then, now he's like, you know, getting all jealous of Sven. Well, you know, Sven did help her out. You weren't there to help her out, you jackass. Where were you? 
Rio. You know, I, I just came to the sudden realization that we're going to get like a thousand emails from Swedish people that are extremely offended by my terribly broken and offensive Swedish accent. No, no, it's not a Swedish accent, though. It's the Svensson accent, the which Svensson is accent? completely okay, well. different. Yes. All right. Like, wow. you're, you're not making fun of, of Swedish people. You're making fun of Jim and the holograms being awful. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well, let's move on. Back at the lodge, things aren't looking so good for Rick when a mob of angry customers complain about faulty gear. They threaten to leave for his competitor. No, I can't. Good. I can't. <laughs> oh, but don't forget, like right before we get to the scene where all the people are angry, Sven flips up into the air and skis away backwards <laughs> like a right. boss. Like a boss. And here's where I wish that Sven was Jem's boyfriend instead of Rio. I mean, why would you not do that? If you were capable, I'd be doing that all the time. Just like whatever. Well, they threatened to leave for his competitor's resort where it's safe. Kimber and her quick thinking comes up with a plan to put on a concert since they have to practice anyway. Jim pleads with the angry guests to give the resort another chance in exchange for a free concert. Rick also makes a promise that if the customers don't have a good time, he'll refund their money. Just a sec here, because they have faulty equipment and gear, right? So it just seems really odd that, oh, a concert will solve all of our problems. Concerts solve every problem in the world of Jim and the Holograms. Well, Rick kind of has the uh, chat with, with Jem, and he talks about how he built the place with his bare hands, and no turnip-squeezing banker is going to get the best of him. Turnip-squeezing? Look, this is all about how, how... old is it? Is this man like 150 years old? Like, who, who, whoever said that? Somebody who hates turnips, I guess. You know what? Come to think of it. This this must have all been going on at the same time as that like savings and loan crisis was happening. I feel like this is like a comment on the savings and loan crisis where it's just like oh. banks are just terrible. They're turp squeezing jerks. See, that sounds like a, a silly expression that some like that would make more sense for maybe Svensson because English is not his first language. Like something is lost in translation, right? I think Rick should have been Swedish instead that of the ski amazing. guy. That would have been amazing. They could have made the, the, the ski instructor Australian. Ooh, Australian's good. I don't know if I want that Crocodile Dundee accent in the middle of my Gemini. Because uh, you know that's what it would have been. Oh, apparently squeezing blood from a turnip is actually like a phrase. I, I know that. I don't know. That's very odd. Okay. Outside the lodge, after Rick's chat with Jem about the history of his ski resort, a limo rolls up with Eric Raymond and the banker, which we later discover is colluding with Eric to put Rick out of business. Naturally, Eric's concern is that if Jem and the Holograms are allowed to put on a concert, it will attract many paying customers. This can't be allowed to pass, as it means ownership of the resort and the mountain will remain in Rick's honorable hands. Later in the day, one of the ski lifts comes partially free from the cable that supports it. No thanks to Zipper. Jem dangerously dangles in the air as she holds on for dear life to a pole extended by Sheena. Svensson quickly deploys a helicopter to save him, while Rio, in his attempt to save her, ends up endangering his own life. How amusing. Fortunately for Rio, though, Svensson comes to his rescue, much to his chagrin. Aww, poor Rio. You know, yeah, I feel like, though, this a lot of what's going on in this episode is like the emasculation of Rio Pacheco. Have you noticed this? Like, first, 
you know, some Swedish blonde dude who's the best skiing instructor and could do backflips <laughs> like from standing um, comes and rescues his girlfriend from the evil misfits. And then as he's like doing something dangerous that he's ill qualified to do, Sven comes and not only rescues his girlfriend and all her friends, but him as well. And he has to admit that Sven is a better person. So I feel like this is all just about how Rio not only has like a very flimsy and easily cracked ego, um, but that the show feels like they have to punish him for it. I kind of like that, actually. And I like that no matter how charming and dashing uh, Svensson is, um, Rio comes off as the guy that's the asshole here. He's not trying hard to impress him this is just like how he is i guess I, I mean that's the impression that i got right yeah yeah so uh, rio very much to me comes across as the quote-unquote nice guy in this episode and i mean that very sarcastically yeah the nice guy tm <laughs> because yeah, look, look, it's it's weird it's like he is shown time and again to be just kind he's of juvenile and He's really juvenile. Yeah, it's it's and jealousy is a serious issue for this guy. Like he does yeah. not yeah. trust Jerica slash Jim at all, and that to, that's really problematic because you know the I think the hallmark of any solid relationship or the the foundation of of any good relationship is, is trust in your significant other, and the fact that he's missing that is really bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's bothersome that Jim slash Jerrica sees something in him and she continues to be in this relationship with a guy that's really, if you think about it, not all that great. It's weird. I think that, you know, the the implication was always that he was kind of a great guy, but maybe, maybe this whole thing, Jim, has driven Rio slightly insane. 11 episodes in, you think he's insane already? Well, Because the first that we see of Rio, he does seem to be like a really great guy. You know, he's sticking around, helping to like do wiring at this crappy house. <laughs> Get electrocuted. Um, right. You know, he and, you know, he's just, he just seems like a, a good, solid, upstanding guy. But over time, like things just keep devolving and with him. He, and he might be a good band manager, but he is not good in personal relationships. No, but but again, it's like maybe just like the stress of having to deal with Jim and Jerrica and the whole drama around that is just it's not good for him. And also the rocketing success of Jim and the Holograms. You know, he's like, what, early 20s and managing all this stuff poorly. So do you think that Rio is a little bit over his head? Maybe lack of experience and just lack of preparation really for handling sort of that that level of fame that the band has been able to acquire yeah or just mm. unable to handle any kind of challenge to his masculinity okay all right i'll go with that uh that's that's an interesting point well after a near fit oh, oh, do you have an extra point one question well i have a question how is eric omnipresent Eric is everywhere all at once. The Misfits, too. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It is odd because Eric does seem to be sort of like your omnicompetent con man. I mean, not competent, but like he's he's a con man for all seasons. Anytime Gem and the Holograms get involved in anything, they're doing world hunger shindig. Suddenly he's a con man to charities. 
uh, they go to a ski resort. Suddenly he owns a ski resort and he's a mm-hmm. con man for the ski resort. Like it's, and, it's, and it just happens to be like right next to the ski resort that Jim and the holograms go to. Mm-hmm. I can buy that. He has purchased this resort, but the time it's always the timing that is just so impeccable. It seems unlikely that every single time Jim and the holograms decide to do something, Eric and the misfits just happen to, to be there. They, they know exactly what their plans are, which seems uh, more believable perhaps now in 2015 with modern technology, GPS and tracking devices and whatnot. And, you know, how information can spread so easily over the Internet. But back then, that is very unrealistic. It's weird also because it just seems like like I just don't understand it. Like, why, why is Eric involved even in all these different schemes? Like, how did he even find out about this scheme to get whatever, you know, on land, the ski resort, like who knows? Um, and I, I kind of feel like one day I want to see, or maybe, maybe I'll just have to be the one to write it. Like the biography of Eric Raymond before he joined Starlight Music, because he must've been like some long time con man to just like so easily move between different cons and schemes the way he does. That would be fascinating. I would read that. Well, after a near fatal accident, Rick informs Jim that he has no choice but to close the resort before someone really gets hurt. The holograms convince Rick that something needs to be done. Otherwise, Eric Raymond will win. We can't let Eric win. Mm-mm, can't have that. No. In a private discussion between Eric and the banker, it seems that Eric is reluctant to go through with whatever plans the banker had to stop the concert from happening. And he admits uh, that he basically wants to put the holograms in the hospital and I thought this was rather interesting because Eric seemed that he didn't you know he like he didn't want to go through with it which seems unusual considering his past behavior uh, especially with what he has asked Zipper to do for him Um, and Eric actually says and I quote hold on I never agreed to and then he gets cut off but he seemed very shocked by the banker's comments there. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems odd that he'd have a crisis of right, he was, whatever. He was ready to murder some people like two episodes ago. Right. It seems so clear. I mean, there are some episodes that maybe are a little ambiguous, but but there are others that, that to me seemed very clear, which we've already discussed before, so I won't go into that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there have been moments where it seemed very clear that, you know, he wanted to put an end to that band. Maybe it's, let's see, two two hypotheses. Maybe it's uh, because he doesn't have pizzazz egging him on. Um, and maybe it's because ski resort business isn't as serious business as music. <laughs> like, like it's okay to be cutthroat in the music industry but in the ski resort business you got to be a little bit more you know on the dl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. suddenly rick bursts into eric's office threatening physical violence as he becomes desperate and suspects that he's responsible for all of the resort's mishaps eric being the slime ball negotiator he is makes a proposal Eric proposes that Jim and the Holograms compete against the Misfits in a ski race. The bounty, winner takes both resorts. But when Eric suggests the competition take place on Saturday, the same day as the Holograms concert, Jim is concerned that's not nearly enough time to learn how to ski competitively. Svensson assures the band that with his training capabilities, they'll be ready. And 
I thought this was a little preposterous because, first of all, I'm like, wait, when okay, it's completely <laughs> and utterly preposterous because, first of all, when were the when did the Misfits and the Holograms become expert skiers? Right. Like, that was my first thought. I was like, wait a minute, though. None of these people know how to ski. And then on top of that, it's like the next, the next moment gems uh, admits to not really knowing how to ski and they're going to learn how to do this in a matter of days. Get the hell out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And and it's weird because even though I, I do remember this episode, my first thought is when the, when the guy like grabbed up Eric by the collar and Eric was like, let's settle this like gentlemen. And I was like, you mean with pistols at dawn? But no, instead (laughs) it's, the holograms and the misfits. Uh, I think right, actually, fine. what what Rick would have suggested would have been a, a battle of turnips. <laughs> <laughs> well, and too, what got me like through the music video. Well, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait until we get to the music video. Okay. All right. Well, I I was just gonna say as well that uh, why not just suggest that they have a battle of the bands like they've done before? Like, why do you need to resort to this ridiculous race? which neither of them seem to be prepared for. Once again, reasons and the plot. It's a good moment to take a break here and watch another video because we have a Gem in the Hologram song coming up called It's Working Out slash It's Doing Me In. Thoughts on the video and the song? I like the song, but what gets me is like, you've got a week, you've got a week to learn how to become a competitive competitive skier and you're going to spend the time and like calories, the actual energy to be in a weight room and like, like, I don't know, like on a bike and lifting weights. And it's like, you're not going to gain any muscle in a week. You're just going to make yourself sore and tired. Like, why, why are you doing that? Uh, and the plot. <laughs> and the plot. Yeah. But I did, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. Yes. But I did also really enjoy the video. I also love how like Jim the Holograms are sort of like totally poppy and and upbeat with their like weights and dancing around and stuff i love that and and also for some reason the color scheme of all the outfits that the misfits are wearing like really struck me as being cool uh in this video i just really like all like the way other outfits um the color palette works together and i also just love this song it's so upbeat Mm -hmm. and bouncy i love it yeah i really i think this might be my favorite song so far i like I like the mashup. I like the clear, um, the clear line between, like, you can tell Jim and the Holograms versus the Misfits, like, but, but they're still complimentary. And I, I, yeah, I like the song a lot. Cut to the start of the race. Jim and the Holograms don't realize what disaster lies ahead. That zipper is planned for them. Aja is held back by a rope and hook. Kimber ends up falling into a hole that's been carefully dug out. Shayna lands onto a broken piece of ice on a frail, frozen lake, and an avalanche comes straight for Jem. At the very last minute, Jem dives into a cave right before the avalanche can take her. Lucky Jem. Very lucky. Mm -hmm. What are the chances? When the holograms don't show up at the finish line, Rio, Rick, and Svensson grow concerned that something may have happened to them. Meanwhile, Aja, Kimber, and Shayna all try to come to each other's rescue while Jem is still missing. Rio and Svensson finally show up on ski and decide to split up to cover more ground as the likelihood of finding Jem is far greater. Rio makes a startling discovery when he comes across the remnants of an avalanche and what appears to be one of Jem's ski poles. A sharp shriek is heard from beyond the mound of snow. From within the cave, Jem tries to call out for synergy, 
and after coming face to face with a bear, posits that the bear must be blocking the earrings' holographic projections. <laughs> what? Oh my god! What? Oh my god! Is the bear made out of lead? Oh <laughs> yes. my god! Especially like those earrings can project stuff around corners and down ducts, but a bear? Oh no, we can't have that. Mm-mm, that bear is just, just getting in the way. And one of her earrings is damaged. Oh no! I First of all, just don't... <laughs> it's it's also Jem is dead. Like, let's be real. The rest of this episode happens in the fevered imagination of Rio after he comes across Jem's dead body Aww. after being mauled by a bear. Because there's no way that bear didn't just maul her to death. Come on, come on. That's very sad. Hi, my name is Jem, and I just pulled science out of my butt. <laughs> I mean, like everything what? about this this business is just is just full of no. But the fact that the bear was even like, you know, gentle because the only reason that bear was that angry is because it's probably some bear cubs like back further in the cave blocking her earring. And you notice when Rio showed up and he's like, Oh, a bear. Jem just crawls or well, Jerica crawls between the bear's legs and the bear's just like, Whatevs <laughs> <laughs> Rio calls out to Jem and uh, digs through the snow only to discover Jerica. Panicking, Jerica creates a hologram that causes the bear to run away, which restores the Jem hologram. When faced with Rio, he's perplexed as he could have sworn he saw Jerica. But Jem brushes off Rio's concern and says, It must have been the excitement of the moment. What? Mm-hmm. Rio's Look, not we've dumb. Established- well, apparently he is because right. he just goes along with it. <laughs> But, and we've established that that Jem slash Jerrica is not very bright. Yeah, that's true. And Rio apparently isn't all that smart either. Right. And she gives um, him the credit for saving her life. And he's like, yeah, I guess I showed that, that bear who's boss. Two things. First thing, how is it that Rio didn't even see that hologram? That hologram surrounded him. And he's just like, hmm, wonder why the bear's running away. Oh, I guess it's because of my masculine virility. So that didn't make any sense. And I'm upset about that. The second thing is, though, once again, we have arrived at the Rio Pacheco's fragile masculine sensibilities and how Jem needs to, like, give him credit for saving her life, even though he deserves none. Um, Well, he did jump on the back of the bear, which is incredibly stupid but brave, but okay. But he didn't really do anything. But she has to prop him up to be like, oh, Rio, you saved me. In order to make him stop being whiny about Sven and all the other things that happened earlier in this episode. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, why are we always propping up Rio's fragile masculinity? Because it's fragile and they need him to carry heavy things. They apparently do. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I don't even know. They need to lift weights. And they need to carry their own heavy things without Rio. Yes. Well, later in the evening, right before the Misfits concert, the reunited holograms show up at Eric's doorstep. And Kibber says, Eric, you're a creep. And of course, best possible response you could get out of Eric's, he says, what's the matter? Don't you believe in losing gracefully? I wish every character had a Swedish accent in the show. That would be so much more amusing. Quote, Swedish, unquote. Well, what could be a, a considered a very deus ex machina solution to all of Rick's money problems? Jem presents all of the silver she discovered in the cave. And uh, this was foreshadowed, as you brought up earlier in the chat room, Tempest, that the banker mentions how badly he needs that plot of land. And what other good reason 
for the silver alone. Yeah. Once you started to understand like this banker and Eric were in on this together, it just seemed like there was some other reason why other than just like driving some poor old man. out of Well, and Eric probably had no idea about the silver. I doubt that guy would have told him about it. No, no, no. Look, Eric knows. Eric knew about the silver. That's why he was in on the plot. Like, I believe that both Eric and the banker both knew about the silver and that they colluded. They're split the profits or something. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason why Eric is involved. Because, again, like, Eric doesn't care that this other dude has another ski resort. Like, there, are, like, there can be 10 ski resorts on a mountain and everybody would have plenty of, you know, business to go around. It's not even about that. It was literally just about the fact that both of them knew that that silver was there, but they knew that the other dude didn't know the silver was there. That makes so much more sense now that I think of it, going back to closer to the beginning of the episode when Eric Eric's limo pulls up because, you know, they ask him, like, well, you know, what interest do you have in this resort? And he's like, well, you know, I'm interested in anything that'll turn a profit. But in reality, that resort there, I mean, it's not going to turn ne- not nearly as much profit as, as that silver discovery would be, right? Probably like billions versus perhaps a few million or w- whatever the yearly revenue is that, that that resort would take in. And and clearly, Eric is a greedy person, so it's it's... Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's very probable that that that's what he would prefer. Like I said, he's he's a con man extraordinaire, except for the part where he's really bad at actually completing his cons. <laughs> well, everyone begins to place blame on Eric for the entire debacle surrounding the resort, its incidents, and all. Eric claims that there's no evidence to substantiate their accusations, but Svensson walks in with Eric's hired goons, who admitted the truth. Looks like Eric has clearly been caught red-handed. Now, will anyone press charges? That's what lawyers are for. No, no one's going to press charges because in this world, we do not press charges. We sing better music than the other people. And that is how we get our revenge. Right, because we now get another music video. So we're totally glossing over the fact that this guy has committed serious crime. And we get a gem in the holograms music video called Love Is Here. And what did the two of you think of the song and the video? I personally, uh, I thought this this song really stood out in this this whole episode. I, I kind of preferred this one over the other hologram song, but that that's just me. Opposite. I hated the song. I hated the ballad. I hated the 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 sweet puppy dog glances of the people who's Jim singing it. I, I just don't. Ugh. Ugh. I um I actually really like this song. I mean, I could do without the puppy dog glance. I could also do without the whole like Jen and Rio in the sky, like getting yeah. together. Whatever, that's so annoying. But I actually like the song itself. And once again, we have Rita Phillips singing at the top of that range uh, throughout most of the whole thing. And I just think, actually, this is I love this song. It's, it's one of my, it's high up on my list. And Svensson loves this song too. I'm sure he does, but you notice that Svensson is not even there. Yeah, what happened really to that guy? Sad. I'm really sad that well, in the video, there. I mean, he's I absent wanted, in the video? Yeah, like he's, he's absent in the video. He's the hero of this entire episode. He saves Jem's life twice. Okay, well, she, he saves her from like, you know, bruising once and her life <laughs> twice, once. And then he like busts open the whole scam so that Eric has to go away. And Spencer doesn't even get like a nice send off. And they're like, why wasn't there some shot of him and Kim- Kimber cuddling in the corner or something? Because that would have been awesome. In a rejected uh, first draft of this script, he he did get a send off, and he unfortunately was deported because his work visa expired. <laughs> <laughs> This won't be the last time you hear Svensson. 
course, Ben. Oh. Well, do you, either of you have any other closing arguments on this video or on this uh, entire episode? No. No. I mean, it's it was actually a pretty good episode as far as episodes go. There were a couple of things. There's, we can't get possibly get worse than episode 10, Adventure in China. Right, right this is true. Like, we are. Yeah. I, yeah, like after episode 10, everything is just great. It's great. Um, but, you know, other than there are some like plot issues, it, it, you know, it flowed pretty well. And all the songs are pretty good. And the animation uh, was was pretty top notch for Gem and the Hologram. So, yeah, I I. I enjoy. I remember this episode fondly and enjoy it, but I will forever regret the loss of Sven. Like I just, I want now. I'm gonna write fan fiction about Sven because his origin his, story, his origin story, like what happened to him after he fell in love with Jem and she cruelly rejected him. I was real. just gonna suggest actually, if you're gonna write some fan fiction, write write what's happened to him like now in the present day, like 30 years later. <laughs> He's in Sweden <laughs> drinking beer, morning. <laughs> Mourning the loss of the relationship that never was. He's drinking Glog. Isn't that a Swedish beverage? A Christmas time <laughs> beverage? <laughs> no glog. I, had it. I bought it at Ikea. I bought it at Ikea. <laughs> so clearly this oh, is authentic. He founded Ikea. <laughs> okay, this is getting ridiculously <laughs> offensive. I'm shutting it down. Let's move on to trivia. I'm just going to blow through these because there are a ton of them. Uh, one of five episodes in the series that shows snow. The other four are Dance Time, Journey to Shangri-La, The Middle of Nowhere, and Homeland, Heartland. Oh my god, Shangri-La. Oh my god, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> During Love is Here, Kimber's lips turn red for a moment. When Jem falls from the ski lift, Shayna is holding her ski pole with her right hand, and Jem is to the right of Shayna. There is a commercial break, and when the show resumes, Jem is shown to have fallen over the rail to the left of Shayna. But when Svensson and Rio go to save Jem, she has returned to her position in the right, or to the right of Shayna. Right after Jem shouts, Rio! Both Kimber and Aja are shown to have red lips. During the ski race, right before Clash starts the avalanche, Clash is shown to have an extra layer of blue hair on the bottom of her hair, as well as her rat tail is on the opposite side. After the Misfits and Clash win the race, Clash's hair is completely pink. These animators have an issue with pink hair, I think. Or or a hair that's not supposed to be pink. Oh, there's one animation mistake that I think the Jim Wiki missed. Well, I have two other points. Let, let me just mention them quickly and then you can add yours. Right after the bear knocks off Jim's earring, she goes to use her other one. She's shown to have both earrings. During one point in You Gotta Be Fast, Clash's hair is completely pink once again. Do you have something to add? No, no, that was, it was the bear thing, which it was like, it's too bad, it's, it's a good thing I have two earrings. I'm like, yeah, because they're both on your head. <laughs> but, but this also brings up something else I forgot to mention when we were talking about that bear. Um, who fixes the Gemstar earrings when they get broken? Because, like, none of them made the Gemstar earrings. That was her dad. Her dad is, unfortunately, passed on. So that, that earring looked pretty damaged. And also, it's not made of rubies, as the Chinese guy tried to say in the last episode. <laughs> So, who fixes the Gemstar earrings when they get damaged? That is a fascinating question, and... Synergy. <laughs> Synergy is self-repairing. Ah, okay. But if there's a hardware failure, she's non-corporeal. She can't just fix the hardware. 
I mean, she can fix. Doesn't she can matter. Fix software bugs, I suspect, but it doesn't matter. Like, wait, like, what about Rio? Because like, in a later episode, he he seems pretty technical because he can actually build synthesizers from scratch. So he can solder. A jam. I can solder. I can fix these here. No problem. <laughs> why? 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 Why do your earrings have like little circuit boards on them? Oh, no reason. Will you fix? Yeah, I don't it? know why I came up with that voice, but like in my mind, Rio's just kind of dumb. So I'm like, yeah, no problem, Jam. I'll fix them. I'll just get my soldering iron. Yeah, I'll just crack these babies open. You're hilarious. I don't even know, Alex. I don't even know. Well, the next episode, which is 12, is called In Stitches. I have no recollection of this episode. I love that episode. It's the one where Shayna is like, they're like, Shayna's going to make us all sorts of fancy uh, outfits and we're going to go to a fashion show in Paris. And then Shayna becomes crippled with self-doubt and they help her out of her crippling self-doubt it's actually a really sweet episode and i love shana okay, episodes that, okay it's coming so i'm it's excited coming back to me but for a sec you scared me because i heard the word cripple i'm like wait no shana doesn't get crippled what happened <laughs> what, what 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 is this like on the b side of the dvd like what? <laughs> this sounds like a plot of a my little pony friendship is magic episode too Actually, it, it kind of is. Yeah. I remember watching the episodes with Rarity where she like makes clothes and goes out to the fashion show in Manhattan. And I was like, really? <laughs> really My Little Pony? Stealing <laughs> plots from Gem the from Holograms. Gem holograms. That's and the also, there's a place called Manhattan, and that's not okay. Oh, no, I love, I love My Little Pony. I, I, this is a conversation for later. <laughs> this is another podcast. Episode right? uh, 12 is written by Mary um, Screen S. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Uh, unfortunately, she doesn't have any My Little Pony writing credits because that would have been too awesome had you figured that out. But uh, there's not a lot on her IMDb page, but she did write some episodes for Transformers and G.I. Joe and King Conan. Oh, that was a documentary. Interesting. I feel like I, we need to also have a G.I. Joe podcast just so we could talk about how crazy and effed up G.I. Joe was as a cartoon. I did watch G.I. Joe, but I really don't remember it. And I have not seen it since uh, since 1985 or whenever it was on the air. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember a lot of it either. But then when I started watching it on YouTube, I was like, what the well, hell? Well, remember the series, <laughs> uh, there are only three seasons of the show. So after we go through all those episodes, we, we literally have nothing else to talk about. All right, then we'll just have to talk about G.I. Joe. I guess. It's interesting you say that, though, because as we were watching this episode, Justin was like, said something about Svensson being the G.I. Joe man. And I was like, huh, <laughs> okay. Like he didn't have enough technical gadgetry like those skis like had you know at the beginning of the episode where how do you he think does, he did that backflip you know flip? where he makes that entrance where yeah i was just gonna say when he makes that that backflip <laughs> if like rocket shot out of the skis or something <laughs> and he landed perfectly that would have been awesome. and then like a parachute opens up mid-air and then he lands that would be more gg <laughs> That would be that would be amazing. <laughs> I want that now. I want it so badly. Right, if we have listeners who have like Photoshop slash animation skills, like that would yeah, be Yeah, Joeify. That You're whole right. Svensson thing. Yes. I'm Svensson and I'm on Team G.I. Joe. <laughs> Nobody takes him seriously. E email Alex. Don't email me. <laughs> Make us some glog. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. 
<laughs> All right, well, let's button it up. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. And don't forget, if you are enjoying the show and have some feedback, please do go to iTunes and leave us uh, a rating. We really would appreciate it. It. Uh, do we have any ratings? I don't think so. Um, someone, someone needs to be the first. Yeah, we need somebody to nice. be the first. So even if your even if your comment is first, we'll accept that. <laughs> yes. Go go rate our awesome podcast. And uh, Aline, you know what's coming yeah, next? I do. Are you a Cylon? I still can't prove it. Still can't prove it. I'm sincerely disappointed. I know. I'm well, sorry. do you have anything no. uh, that you would like to plug? Uh, can you be found on the internet? I can be found on the internet. So I have a weekly podcast where I talk to cool people about their cool projects, which is at less than or equal.com. My personal Twitter account is at Aline, A L E E N, and I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aline. K Tempest Bradford, are you a Cylon? I'm not a Cylon. I'm a member of G.I. Joe team. It's secret peacekeeping <laughs> team. I'm one of like two ladies on the team. It's kind of sad for us because our cycles are synced up and everybody hates that. Where were you born? <laughs> I was born on an island called Cobra Island. I was a genetic experiment uh, by Cobra Commander, but they turned me to the to the side of light because have you seen Flint's muscles? Mm. So you're saying you you were not born in Sweden. I was not born in Sweden. Indeed oh. not. I also can't do a backflip on skis. So Is there anything else that you would like to plug? Uh, well, my Twitter handle is at Tiny Tempest, and you can follow me there. Um, and I am the issuer of the Tempest Challenge, and I have weekly web videos where I'm like, read this awesome book, and here's why. So... You should check that out. If you go to challenge.ktempestbradford.com, you can learn all about the Tempest Challenge and see all the videos. And I must say, there's quite a variety of uh, books there that you're suggesting. In fact, uh, this may come as a shock and surprise to some people, but there is a world outside of Lord of the Rings and George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones series. There is, believe it or it's not. It's true. What? Mm-hmm. And guess hmm. what? That world also includes a lot of books where everybody isn't raped all the time. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that was possible in fantasy novels. Right? That's all the time we have for this week. See you next time. 